0: Alright, so the next thing for us to look at is um, the addition of cognitive therapy interventions to behavioral therapy interventions. Now, <clears throat> um, you don't hear the term behavior therapy as much anymore as you used to. But you're much more likely to hear the, the combined term of cognitive behavior therapy, or just CBT. And, um, and essentially, uh, the cognitive aspects of that developed separately uh, from the behavioral aspects. Uh, In the early cognitive therapy, um, they were only looking at the content of people's thinking, um, that is what they're thinking about, and um, potential problems with what they're thinking about, and how we can change some of those uh, thought processes in order to make things better. But again, it didn't take people long to realize that cognitive and behavioral interventions can complement one another and can work together. Because when it comes right down to it, cognitions, thoughts, are covert behaviors. Um, They're things that are happening, um, but they're not, strictly speaking, behaviors because they're not overt. They can't be observed by other people, but they follow a lot of the same kinds of rules, uh, laws of behavior uh, that, um, that overt behaviors do. And so for a lot of interventions now, um, there's going to be some combination of cognitive and behavioral approaches. Um, we've already looked at some of the behavioral parts of this, so let me add in some of the, some of the cognitive stuff. And that's going to essentially have to do with looking at um, the content of what a person is thinking about. Now, let me be clear about something first off, here. The, the term cognitive is used a lot in psychology, right? Um, and cognitive, um, you know, means thinking. But sometimes when people talk about cognitive psychology, they're talking about the uh, processes of thinking, Um, that is, how our thinking actually works, sort of like the software of our brain and how it works. And sometimes when people talk about cognitive psychology, what they're talking about is the content of our thoughts, what we're actually thinking about. Now of course both of these are important and we'll talk about aspects of uh, you know both ways of using it but I just want to point out that people kind of use the word in two related but different ways and here what we're looking at is the content of thought uh, what people are thinking about essentially um, the early cognitive theorists like Aaron Beck and um, uh, <clears throat> Albert Ellis uh, realized that um, that If they could get people to tell them exactly what they were thinking about, they realized that um, a lot of times people were thinking in illogical or irrational ways. This very much relates to something you probably learned about in general psychology, or certainly if you took social psychology, um, the idea of attribution theory. Hmm, Do you remember attribution theory? Attributions... Mike's going to remind you. Uh, Attributions are the explanations that people give to themselves to understand the causes of everyday behavior, their own and others. So it's how they explain it to themselves. Your friend was supposed to call you last night. They didn't call you. Well, how come? Well, you're going to come up with some kind of idea about that, and that idea is your attribution. Well, if you remember attribution theory, then you remember that Social psychologists have found that people make certain kinds of errors in their attributions, like the fundamental attribution error and the self-serving bias and things like that. I hope this is familiar. Well, what um, what the cognitive um, um, uh, theorists realized was that um, they were first looking at folks who were depressed, and they realized that many people who were depressed essentially had a depressive bias uh, in their thinking. They tended to interpret events in their life in overly pessimistic and um, irrationally negativistic kinds of ways. And the early uh, cognitive theorists realized that they, if they could help people identify that those were biases, uh, that those were you know, um, irrational kinds of attributions, and help them correct those attributions to more rational kinds of things, it affected their emotions and people's depression lifted, right? And so they were feeling better because they were thinking better. Now, um, uh, uh, contrast this with the way that a lot of people think about um, things in everyday life. Uh, A lot of people think, you know, things happen in the world, uh, things happen to me and it makes me feel a certain way, right? Um, Something happens and and it makes me mad or it makes me sad or it makes me happy. Cognitive theory says that there's an intervening part there that you're not even paying attention to, and that's that something happens, you interpret it in a certain way, and it's that interpretation that leads to the way that you feel. And if you're interpreting things in irrational, negativistic ways, then you're going to feel bad unnecessarily, in a sense, right? And that you can change that. The other thing about these attributions is that once people get into a particular way of attributing things uh, in their life. They start to do that very quickly um, and don't even think about it. Don't even think about, um, I mean don't even uh, consciously realize that they've um, interpreted things that way. So they start to think, well, that's just the way it is that happens and it makes me angry. Well, no, that happens and you think about it this way and you get angry, right? Um, And so cognitive therapy involves having a person essentially slow down that process, at least for a while, to break it down into those component steps of what actually happened, how did I actually interpret it, and was that a rational um, belief or not, was that a rational interpretation or not? And if it was irrational, then I can replace that with something more rational. Now. Uh, as I say, you're temporarily slowing down that process, but fortunately that in itself can become habitual so that people will better and better at um, Interpreting things in more rational ways without having to concentrate on doing so and that becomes the new habit So one of the really nice things about cognitive therapy Especially as it was originally designed for treatment of uh, folks with depression is that it's a treatment approach that teaches a person a new skill and once they've got that skill, they don't need the therapist anymore. <laughs> um, this kind of therapy is um, is often time-limited. Uh, you know, we'll often have folks in therapy, you know, if it's something relatively uncomplicated, something straightforward, you can have cognitive behavior therapy for 12 or 14 weeks and be done. Um, and, you know, you may occasionally check in with a the therapist later on. But it's not this open-ended, let's just ever meet every week and talk about what is going on in your life not that right well that's more like counseling but but anyway um so um so this is a psychoeducational uh perspective it's essentially teaching a new skill and um and so it can be learned in a decent amount of time Uh, a limited amount of time I mean and you know not necessarily open-ended this was originally designed cognitive interventions were originally designed uh, to help folks with depression They proved to be successful in that and spread to other areas so that um, cognitive approaches and, of course, now cognitive behavioral approaches are um, are essentially the gold standard for a lot of kinds of uh, treatment interventions um, for many kinds of anxiety, uh, trauma-related disorders, even some personality disorders. uh relationship problems sexual dysfunctions sleep problems chronic pain uh, there's a lot right that uh cognitive behavior therapy has been shown to be effective for um <clears throat> okay so uh and we'll see some more specific kinds of applications of that uh when we talk about particular kinds of disorders right okay <laughs>